Today, we're talking with Caitlin Domner about onboarding sales superstars who are always aligned with your brand. The insights that you're about to get on team building in general are going to blow you away, so you don't want to miss this one. So don't you change that dial or drop that phone. We're about to level it up and shatter the mold. Question. In a world where groupthink is the norm, others want what you've earned, and thinking for yourself will get a target painted on your back, how do you flip the script and level up your business, your money, relationships, your health, your status, and your life? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Andrew S. Kaplan, and it's time to shatter the mold. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Shatter the Mold. Andrew S. Kaplan, really excited to be here with you today. We have got an amazing, amazing interview. Before we get there, though, quick update and thank you to everyone who has read the last Law of Attraction book you'll ever need to read. You know, last year was an amazing, amazing year for my business and for getting the message of that book out there and for really helping people. Independently sold over 50,000 copies of the book and the feedback that I got from people that read it was just amazing, whether they're leaving five-star rave reviews or they're actually writing into me. So thank you so, so much for that. In fact, as you already know, if you've listened to any prior episodes recently. It was also featured in a number of really good articles, one being USA Today titled 20 Reading Suggestions for a New and Improved You in 2021, and another in Forbes titled 21 Books to Read in 2021. And if you haven't checked out the book yet, you can just feel free to go to lastlawofattractionbook.com. That'll auto-forward to the Amazon listing where you can get it in Kindle or paperback or audiobook if you prefer. And if you don't want to pull out your wallet but you want to check out what this content's really about, I've got a YouTube channel dedicated to the book and all the content around it. That's youtube.com slash Cap. Either way, I highly recommend checking this out and even checking out some of the five-star rave reviews on Amazon so you can really see what's going on with this book. And you know, I hope that it'll deliver some value for you if you check it out. But with that said, speaking of value, let's get straight to today's interview. Uh, I'm about to dive in, switch mics. You're definitely going to want to listen to Caitlin. She's got a lot of awesome insights to share. So here we go. Okay, so today is very exciting. And my guest, we, we arranged this interview less than 24 hours ago, which which is awesome. Um Caitlin Domner is amazing. I'm, I'm going to put that out there right now. She's the founding partner of SalesMap.me. And normally, I try to give my guests a really cool grand introduction, but I was so intrigued by what Caitlin and I were discussing yesterday about this that I kind of feel like the introduction will be revealed through our conversation because I am so excited to, to pick her brain and kind of get her insights and her mindset behind what she's doing right now. So without any further ado, Caitlin Domner, thanks so much for being here and welcome to Shatter the Mold. Thank you so much, Andrew. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, I am excited to have you. And it's so interesting for the sense that like I have obviously like a lot of entrepreneur listeners, but mm -hmm. I also just have like a lot of listeners that are really about viewing life in a counterintuitive way finding better solutions to problems that most people wouldn't think of, most people wouldn't consider, most people just don't have an open mind for. So, mm -hmm. you know, and you're going to please correct me where I'm wrong or where I'm almost underselling you in how I describe this, but it really blew me away, us having a conversation yesterday for me to find out that what your company does apparently is you basically find high level coaches and consultants and you help them from their own list of customers 
source high level salespeople to solve their problem, the fact that they're bottlenecking themselves by keeping it within themselves. And you're simultaneously alleviating the concern that they might have for kind of handing over the keys by leaving the keys to their house with them and simply giving them the templates and giving them the guidance and kind of taking over only where it works for them without them ever losing control. Mm -hmm. I hope I kind of paraphrase in a good way what you do, because to me, it's such an amazing concept. And I can't wait to get you talking here. I know I'm talking a lot, but I think it's amazing in the sense that you've clearly identified a, a psychological block that entrepreneurs have that basically prevents them from growing in the way that they should. And you alleviate it without basically having to overcome those fears. You're working in cooperation and in harmony with those doubts and hesitations. And they end up with a high power, high level sales team that's totally on board with what they're doing to be, from the very beginning that carries over into profits in you know months and years to follow. And I almost sound like an infomercial, like supporting you here. <laughs> so, to be clear, I'm not getting a commission or anything over this conversation. But again, I'm so blown away. And that's why I wanted to have this conversation and really pick your brain about what inspired this and, and how long you've been doing and, and the direction that you're taking. So with that said, not knowing where we're going to go with this, I guess the first question is, what inspired you really to make this kind of choice with this kind of company helping this specific type of client? Yeah, thank you. Uh, and I would say in a, in a, the, my synopsis is usually most people are spending about $100,000 uh, to find a good quality sales team. And instead, we find them $200,000 and in the process, hand them their perfect sales team on a silver platter. So it, we were mentioning counterintuitive solutions. We really are helping people to make money during their recruitment and hiring process, which mm -hmm. I think is really unique. And the way it started is we actually used to be virtual coaching sales. Uh, I started the company about eight years ago. And it came from a book, an idea that we found in the ultimate sales machine. Uh, it's a book by Chet Holmes, uh, brilliant insight into the psychology of sales and how to manage a sales team, really insightful. So if you want a great book on how to build and manage a sales team, ultimate sales machine, machine is fantastic. But he had this idea that you really need to push back on your sales people. And so one of the aspects that we incorporate is well, I'll just say there are a couple of key steps that we do. Uh, there's how we source our clients. You pointed out it comes from your list. So we're matching people who are an immediate brand alignment. They already know, like, and trust you. They're following you for a reason. And they happen to be a mirror match for your ideal prospect. So we always joke, if you're this young female millennial day spa, you do not want a 65-year-old male trucker standing behind the reception desk uh, because you need that perfect alignment between the person you're attracting and the person that the, who's representing your brand. Mm -hmm. So by sourcing from your list, we're beginning with already, we know that they're going to be a great fit. And we want it to feel like when you answer the phone, you're getting on the call with your new best friend. So having that immediate alignment, and we do have other ways to source it, but that's our, our favorite way to find candidates because there's so much of that conviction uh, and passion and enthusiasm that's already built into them that we can train skills more easily than we can educate to passion and conviction. So when we start with people who are passionate, then it's just a matter of figuring out who also has the talent 
that we can nurture into a skill set. So that's kind of the first area of uniqueness. The piece that came up with Chet Holmes is our pushback interview. So when they come through our interview process, we do a phone interview and we essentially spend 20 minutes building rapport, having them tell us all the reasons that they're so amazing. And then we push back on them. We say, you know what? I just don't know if you're the top producer that we're looking for. And then we stay silent and we see how they react because good salespeople have equal parts ego and empathy. So the empathy piece is they can bond very easily. They're highly sensitive, usually incredibly emotionally intuitive people. But that ego piece is what allows them to withstand rejection. It's that emotional resilience that you need that doesn't take things personally. And when they hear a no, they see it as an opportunity to lean in, not an excuse to bow out. So that pushback conversation really allows us to see how they react to pressure and to rejection. And that is a very, it, it's an almost spot on indicator of whether or not they're gonna be successful with us. From that process, we pull our best candidates into the third phase, which I think is the most unique piece, which is our boot camp. And this is when we have actual people, candidates, training themselves and working their tushies off so that they are earning the right to be on your sales team. So if you've ever tried to hire a salesperson, you know that the first couple of weeks are critical for building momentum. And so if you don't have a great onboarding process or you don't have a good training process, they're not building their pipeline, you're not seeing results. And very frequently, most salespeople won't even last 90 days. We have at least an 80% churn rate in our industry for salespeople. It's, it's crazy how fast we just churn through salespeople. And in my opinion, it's because we don't have this intense onboarding process. So the boot camp is where they're showing up on a daily basis to learn and to overcome objections. And we're giving them skills training and boosting their morale. And then they are going out and doing actual sales to your list. So we call our program the Launch Profit Multiplier because we usually come in as part of a marketing event. So maybe you had an event and you're trying to upsell on the back end into your high-end coaching program, or you're launching a low-end product and you want somebody on the back end who can upsell into your high-end coaching services. So anytime there's an opportunity to increase the value of your leads by closing them into a higher-end sale that requires a human conversation. We found that usually anything more than about $2,500 as a purchase price, you need to have a real conversation with a real human being in order to collect that kind of cash. Um, and just as context, right, um, I personally closed about two and a half million in coaching services last year. Wow. So it, I think people really underestimate how valuable it is to have a human being who is a fantastic salesperson, who's in love with your brand, talking to your ideal clients. And what I think is more revealing is that during this two week boot camp, we actually get love letters from the prospects writing us, telling us, I, I just had the most amazing conversation with Laura from your organization. I felt so heard. I felt so supported. I was so blessed that she reached out to me. 
So really what you're providing is the highest possible customer service to your list. You're adding energy and value to your launch. And most importantly, you're really maximizing your revenue. So for example, on our last client's project, we ended up doing, it was a lot of hours of outbound dialing, but I'm going to say maybe a thousand hours of outbound calling to his list with his boot campers. And we ended up adding another $242,000 in terms of sales that we did. We did his smaller end uh, products, and then we also upsold into his certificate program. And so that was three weeks of effort that we were able to come in and kind of just clean up. So he walked away with a six-figure infusion on his top-line revenue and a 10-person sales team that he can now choose a sales team manager, a closer. Maybe he has appointment setters who are doing that outbound dialing on a daily basis. Um, and really just build a core team of people who have proven that they have the chops, right? This We had 500 applicants. So narrowing it down to 10 people really took a lot of work. But these are the cream of the crop. And they've shown up and they're dedicated. They're now fully educated and self-disciplined, right? They've been managing themselves for two weeks. So the boot camp really is the heart of what allows us to ensure that you're going to have an incredible sales team that isn't a management hassle. There's going to be no entitled divas who are hanging out and trying to do the least amount of work. And you're not going to have any cutthroat sharks who are ruining your brand list by twisting people's arms. And you're not going to have refund rates go up or bad reviews because this process that we use and the techniques that we train, we really emphasize sales as an act of love and service. And that's kind of our core mission at SalesMap is we believe that sales is an act of love and service. And that's what we indoctrinate all of our candidates with. And they see us living that out and they get to live it out themselves. And it ends up being a really rewarding experience for everybody involved. Yeah. So it's really intriguing to, to hear you break it down in this way. And um, <clears throat> I'm not sure if you've ever considered this, but I kind of feel like the psychology that you are employing in this could and should be a book. I almost feel like, like if you were to, to literally like write a book about this and explain the psychology behind each piece, because I think there's a lot of brilliance in almost like the simplicity. So like I'm cherry picking certain things. The, of all the things that I'm hearing in this, what really excited me the most was the, the, the success that you have baked in by virtue of the fact that you're choosing people that are really on board with it. Because just like you can't teach passion you also can't teach um, the 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 feeling of what it be, what it what it what it feels like to be that person. So, like if this is a weight loss thing, they're talking to someone that knows what it's like to struggle with the weight, who has cheated with the cookies, who has had the looks that they feel like they're they're getting from someone that like all the things about that are real or perceived about their self-esteem, about their success, about their journey, all those things, whether it's weight loss, whether it's dating, whether it's money, whether it's marketing, whether it's sales, whatever it might be. It's one of those things where it sounds like because you've chosen to source these salespeople from the pool of customers, mm-hmm. they're 
intrinsically and in, like intuitively going to speak to that without even realizing it, which I'm imagine is kind of like rocket fuel when you're putting in like, you know, the templates and the scripts and all the standard pieces that you might apply to any organization, any sales team that doesn't have that added benefit. Exactly. That's exactly right. We can't teach like a lifetime's worth of uh, story and just having that be uh, in perfect alignment already. Yes, it saves us a lot of time uh, and make sure that we're, we are representing the brand in the highest possible light. Mm -hmm. Cool. So just because, you know, you have been doing this long and you've kind of seen a lot of pieces, I'm curious, given that you've got like this extra level of things mm -hmm. and given that you've been through the ringer on this a number of times, what is, if you can identify like the number one challenge you see in this process and what do you do to address it? That's a really great question. So there's like each project always has its unique obstacle. And that's been the fun thing of doing this for almost 10 years is, Oh yeah. Like I just get to think of it as a steeple chase now. Like, Oh yeah. Yep. That makes sense. So in terms of what's the most common one, I think there's, I, I would kind of feel like why, what's, what's the resistance before getting started? What's the obstacle when you're in the middle of it? And then like, what's the handoff? So where, would you like me to focus in terms of where I think people get hung up? Right. Well, I would assume just like, I guess in the bootcamp process, because like mm -hmm. here you have someone that they're on board. It seems like it's clear that they know what they're doing. Ideally, mm -hmm. this is going to lead to sales, yeah. but I'm sure there have been hurdles that you've had to jump through this and getting someone over the top, despite yeah. the fact, or, you know, that they have so much passion for this. And despite the fact that they've already demonstrated that empathy and that ability to deal with rejection. Mm-hmm. So usually in bootcamp, the biggest thing that we need is phone numbers. So a lot of people who are in internet marketing uh, historically get names and email addresses. And if when I'm talking to my coaches and consultants, they might have 100,000 people on their list. But when I ask about phone numbers, it's less than a couple thousand. And usually that's because their internet marketing team has told them that asking for a phone number is going to hurt conversions. In my experience, it really doesn't because it's a JavaScript activated pre-filled sort of thing. If you just have it on your form, it'll get filled in. They might give you the wrong one, but if you have a good enough lead magnet, it's not going to deter somebody uh, from giving you their contact information. If we need to, we might incentivize why we need a cell phone. So we might have a special gimmick for a SMS discount code or something along those lines. But the biggest thing that I'm, I coach people on if they want to use our services as they're preparing to get ready to use our services is start collecting phone numbers immediately. Because if I have a phone number, I can turn it into cash, right? There is a science to a sale that is very different from the art of marketing. So if there's a lot of conjecture and spaghetti throwing that happens in the world of marketing. And it's how do we just get somebody to raise their hand? Mm -hmm. But if you can get them to raise their hand, the process from raising your hand to closing the deal is actually almost universal. So the buyer journey is very similar, whether you're selling to a B2B organization, there's just multiple decision makers who have to go all through their own buyer journey or a B2C where it's a single decision maker who's experiencing a buyer journey. And 
the length of that buyer journey is going to be different given the price tag. There's just factors, but the experience is kind of like Joseph Campbell's like <laughs> hero's journey. Like there is certain steps that need to happen for you to go from, yes, I'm interested to yes, here's my money. But that's the biggest thing that we need is if you can give us the phone number and we can get on a real conversation with a real human being of somebody who has raised their hand and said, yes, I'm interested in this brand, this product, this offering, then it's actually quite easy for us to convert them into a sale. So yeah, phone numbers is usually the biggest obstacle we hit, uh, not enough phone numbers. And there, how do we overcome that was the second part of your question. So there's different ways that you can do that. There are, there are my least favorite way is you can just find databases or lists or companies that will scrounge up phone numbers based on email addresses. But at that point, it's pretty much cold calling. So if they didn't give us permission to call them, that's my least favorite way uh, to reach out to them. We may use it for a boot camp, but it's not great as a long-term marketing strategy. Mm. Um, the second way would be if you have a low-end offer. So if you have a tripwire, anytime you're selling something, you're gonna automatically collect the phone number. That's a really easy way that you can just make sure you're getting all of their contact information. I happen to really prefer that because I also love snail mail. Uh, it's so old school that it feels fresh and new. If you actually get something in the mail from somebody these days, it, it feels magical. So getting their mailing addresses is also a, a beautiful way to amplify your marketing with an additional channel. Um, We've also done what we call mini launches. So some people are like, well, I'm not gonna do a launch. I don't do launches. And I would say, not a problem. We can create a mini marketing event. And what we do is for three days or five days, we might do a challenge or a giveaway or something. And our goal is to convert your 100,000 email list into at least five to 10,000 phone numbers, right? And so it's, it's all about designing a piece of marketing that gets people, A, excited, hmm. re-engages them, gets us some warm leads, and most importantly, allows us to collect phone numbers so that in the weeks prior for our boot camp, the team can actually be doing that outreach, that outbound dialing, and can say, hey, I saw that you were excited in this thing that we just did. I'd love to talk to you about this experience that's going to support the learning you just got and really um, invite them into a longer conversation. So yeah, it, as you were describing that for me, well, first of all, um, I was surprised because I was thinking like for the boot camp, um, Caitlin's gonna talk about like a psychology problem or a mindset problem that the people are having in the boot camp. I was like, no, no, that's fine. It's just, it's the, it's, we don't have enough leads. Um, but when you said that and you were talking about like, you know, doing like these mini launches, I'm wondering, do you use this as an opportunity to warm them up more to that phone call, almost like including in the offer, like, hey, listen, you know, we actually like, if you choose X, Y, and Z, we might even call you and give you a free lesson or give you something. Do you try well, to the deals that. that way? Yeah, better than that. We strongly encourage you to offer a bundle. And it's, we generally like to make sure that we're hitting all of the different learning experiences. So bundle in an audio. So for example, like your abundance meditation, and a visual, so a copy of your ebook, um, and uh, a video, so maybe your TED talk or a behind the scenes version of 
something that you did that's exclusive and a, a phone call from one of our enrollment coaches to make sure that you're implementing what you just learned. Mm -hmm. So we want to make sure that they're getting a whole suite of products. And one of those products is your phone call. Uh, as a long-term evergreen strategy, because a lot of people, they have this launch, but then they don't know how to get leads moving forward. And that's usually the, the back-end problem. Uh, but what we recommend is just use what you created for your launch as assets. And you can use urgency bonuses, uh, I think deadline funnels or something. There's like a way that you can have a countdown clock uh, for different offers. But in that scenario, we would love it if they actually were scheduling the call on the confirmation page. Congratulations, mm -hmm. you just bought into this. Here's our, ca our team's calendar. Make sure you book your appointment because then they are really expecting a phone call and it makes your caller's time much more efficient and, and useful. Um, so that's more of like an evergreen strategy of how to make sure that you're keeping your audience engaged and moving them along as effectively as possible. Uh, it's funny when you said, well, I thought you were going to say there are mindset problems with the boot camp, and that's the beauty of boot camp. If people have mindset problems, they don't survive boot camp. So <laughs> like, I don't have to sort out the people with mindset issues or not mindset issues. They just stop showing up after three days. So it really makes my job very easy. I don't have to make decisions. They will decide whether or not they're cut out for this. So either they're too good for this outbound dialing stuff and they won't do outbound dials or they're no good they've been calling a hundred people and nobody's picked up the phone and the people they have to have no money and we're like ah clearly you just don't have the sales chops so the beautiful thing about boot camp is the only ones who survive are your top performers and the people that you want on your team yes i, I love this you know i I have my moments where I think I'm doing a really good job and moments where I think I'm doing a really poor job and maybe I'm overcritical, but who knows, but I do love those times where I am working on something for my business and I've clearly, I discover I've clearly built in efficiency into this. Mm -hmm. And that's what I'm hearing you're describing here. You've baked in efficiency. You've baked in the fact that there won't be a mindset issue because Honestly, the reason I assume that, and I'm sure you'll agree, is because that is the biggest problem with sales. So you're like, well, we're just going to take that out of the equation entirely. And instead, let's, let's solve a different problem here. So I really love that. Um, this is the very other, intriguing. The other thing that we've baked into it is mm -hmm. people are like, well, I couldn't afford a salesperson. And I'm like, you can't afford to not have a salesperson. <laughs> <laughs> like, seriously, if you are bothering to generate leads at all, you can't afford to not have somebody calling each of those leads and upselling them into something more expensive. Like it just, it boggles my mind how much money people are leaving on the table. But usually, especially if these people are in launch-based models, they, they just feel cash poor. They're like asset rich and cash poor. And what we say is let's, let's give you a launch that leverages your assets and gives you this cash infusion so that you can pay your team. And if you don't have an evergreen model, start allocating some of that new money that just came in towards creating an evergreen funnel and driving some traffic to your, to your, to your, into your list. Mm -hmm. And so it really just allows them to kill a couple of those birds with that stone as well and really make it a no-brainer to bring on a sales team. I love it. Now, one thing we were talking about before, we kind of 
grazed past it, but you talk about the selection of a sales manager. And mm -hmm. I'm wondering, is this that your, your client, the person, the owner of the company picks a sales manager or you do, or is the conversation? How's that well, play out? So up until this point, it, we haven't included a sales team manager. We manage their team until they take it under their wing. But what I've found is that sometimes when we hand over the keys to the Ferrari, sometimes our clients will drive that Ferrari into the nearest tree. Because as much as I love my entrepreneurial people, very frequently we are high visionary, extremely creative types with zero management experience yeah. or skill set. Um, and managing salespeople is one of the hardest jobs on the planet. It's kind of like trying to juggle a kitten and a chainsaw at the same time because you need to push them. But remember, they're extremely sensitive people. <laughs> so you need to like, it's just I, the mechanics of managing salespeople. That psychology is what I think I really should write a book about um, because inevitably people mess it up and there's, it's, it's one of the hardest things. And so what we have now started doing is we will bring on a sales team manager specifically for each project. Mm. They will be managing the project from the moment the client starts with us. They're on our strategy calls, learning the offers, helping build the training manual, and helping co-lead these daily scrums, we call them, for boot camp. So they're establishing their authority, they're mastering the systems, and they're building rapport with the client. And then at the end of the two weeks, if the client wants to bring them on, so if you have any more than two salespeople, you absolutely need somebody dedicated to managing that experience for them. Uh, if you're only hiring one or two people, you can probably pull it off sometimes, maybe. <laughs> maybe. But even then, you might still want to bring on the sales team manager to have three checkpoints with them throughout the week um, and just have them on part-time. So. Whatever the case is, you will have this person who is assigned to you, who knows you, and then at the end, you can co-create a compensation package for them. Mm -hmm. And we help you with that piece too. So we have, there are certain standards in the industry and you wanna make sure that compensation is tied to key performance indicators so that you're protecting your downside and they have an almost unlimited upside and really just walk you through each for each job description, appointment setters, closers, or team leaders, there's certain responsibilities, duties, and expectations that we help outline in an offer letter uh, so that you make sure that everything is running the way it's supposed to run yeah. after you're driving the car. You're, you're designing an incentivized win-win scenario where the owner wants to pay more because it means they're making more. Exactly. I always joke, I'm like, <laughs> it always hurts to pay your salesperson and your tax man but you should always send blessings to them because if you are paying your salesperson or your tax man, it's because you're making money. Mm. So you just have to keep that attitude of gratitude uh, when you're paying sales commissions and taxes. Careful, Caitlin. I might chase you down for a feature interview on my YouTube channel with that kind of talk. So <laughs> very careful there. <laughs> I might try to finagle some more time out of you. Um, okay. so quick question out of this. I, re I really might, by the way, if you're into it. Um, quick question about this. So, is the sales manager sourced from the same customer base or is the sales manager selected in a different way? We usually, uh, and this doesn't always work, sometimes we have to do a special hiring sequence, but typically 
we have enough fantastic people on past boot camps that aren't chosen to be on the final team that maybe they aren't great closers, but they're really exceptional organizers. Mm -hmm. And so we are watching for that throughout the whole experience. And same thing for appointment setters, like somebody who is able to just show up and call a hundred people a day, even if they don't sell squat, I will still hire them as an appointment setter because they probably just have some mindset blocks and they don't know, have the skills to ask for money, but they have the stamina, which is really what an appointment setter needs. So similarly, we're looking for different personalities and, and, and tail, telltale signs. So for example, on the last project, we had a gal who she just kept making training videos <laughs> for her fellow boot camper, campers. And like, she wasn't our best salesperson, but I was like, we absolutely need to get on a call and hire this person as one of our sales team managers because that level of protectiveness, taking care of the team, inspiring them. She was always encouraging everybody, hopping on calls with them. And, and it was like, ah, perfect sales manager, not the right closer. So usually what we'll do is we'll find those people in previous camps so that they can hit the ground running with that one. And that one is admittedly just my spidey sense for personality fit. So I have just a pretty, I, in college, I, I was a director and inevitably all my leading ladies and leading men ended up dating after I cast them in my <laughs> plays, right? So I just nice. have kind of an uncanny matchmaking ability to like read energetic uh, vibrations and say, I really think this is going to be a good fit. And I'm usually pretty spot on. So I kind of use that when we're assigning sales team leaders uh, right. to projects. If you ever do a um, Facebook campaign, like awareness campaign, that might be a good lead in. It's like, yeah. when I was doing X, Y, Z, they actually hooked up. So, and they're like, where's she going with this? Like, oh, okay, cool. Um, so I'm going to use that. <laughs> you, you might want to consider that. That'll go far. Cool. So this is really cool in the sense that I'm, again, I, whenever I have these interviews, like, obviously I'm listening very intently. I'm listening to your dialogue, I'm listening to the, the language patterns, I'm listening to the mindset behind these decisions that you're making. And it's clear to me that what you've done here is you've basically, you've constructed um, a temple of psychology, we'll call it mm -hmm. that, where, you know, every brick that you've built is holding up another brick. And every, there's, there's a synergy there. And there's mm -hmm. a connectivity and a synchronicity where even the people that you had a quote unquote throw away, it's like, no, you didn't throw them away. They are a brick uh, or a different pillar on a different part of the temple that, that still works for what you're doing because mm -hmm. you're the only wasted part are, are people that aren't actually in it to win it or, or giving yeah. value. But you you basically have a way of spidey sensing your way to where's the value that this person can contribute to the specific customer or client or a different one in general. Mm -hmm. And Again, I mean, you, you could speak better to how intentional you've been with that, but it is really intriguing. Again, this is why I was so excited after one conversation with you yesterday to have this conversation and introduce you to people listening to the show, because I think it's important for my listeners, because I'm talking, I always talk about shatter the mold, you know, don't ascribe mm -hmm. to groupthink. I think it's important for people to understand that diving out of groupthink isn't just about finding a different way, but it's about embracing a different way in the sense that you can go multi-dimensional, multi-layered, multi-faceted and really build something cool that incorporates 
things that people might expect and things that people won't expect. And you should really be brave and ambitious in that way. So thank you for, in my opinion, being a really solid example of this. And I'd love to take credit and say I'm just a genius, but honestly, every single one of those bricks was me doing it wrong. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Figuring out, well, that didn't work. Well, that didn't work. Well, that didn't work. So it's one of those things when people are like, oh no, I'll just hire my own person. I'm like, good luck with that. I'll talk to you in six months, right? (laughs) Yeah, you almost, you you back into it. It's so, it's funny to hear you say that because like even with my book now, this isn't the first book that I've put out, but it is the first book where it's number one in multiple categories on Amazon. And I, I kind of knocked my head between a bunch of walls on the way into it. I didn't like sit around and craft like a devious plan. Like I'm going to press these three buttons and poof, number one bestseller. It's like, no, like, like you said, sometimes you back your way into success just because you keep nailing your head through a wall and it doesn't actually go through. Maybe it gets a crack and then you're like, okay, let's, let's shift gears a little bit. So that's another perfect example of, you know, this stuff, sometimes it happens by accident. Sometimes it happens on purpose. And most times it's a combination and a reminder to kind of stick with things and, and see them through to the end if you really believe in it. Yeah, I think a lot of people are impressed by entrepreneurs and they're like, well, how do you just deal with rejection and with failure? And I'm like, I think early on, successful entrepreneurs realize that there is no such thing as failure. Mm-hmm. There are only more or less expensive learning lessons. Uh, and in my experience, hiring an expert is the cheapest way <laughs> to, to get there. Um, that usually trying to figure it out yourself is the most expensive learning lesson. And you will spend hundreds of thousands of dollars, even in just lost time, right? Because what I think a lot of people don't realize is there's a return on investment, but there's also an opportunity cost for wasted time. So I'll give an example. When I I tried to build an MLM, uh, it turns out I'm, I'm not wired for that. But one of the things was I had planned, I'm like, I'm not going to run this business for anything less than $10,000 a month. And so there was a delay in my application process and things like that. And they're like, well, we'll get it sorted out in the next 60 days. And I'm like, no, you do not understand. In the next 60 days, you will have lost me $20,000 because that's what this is going to be worth once it's built. And I think the same thing is true of a building a sales team. So in our industry, one closer should be bringing in at least a million dollars in new revenue every year. So every year, every month that you're not bringing on a sales team is essentially $80,000 that you're tossing out your window because you don't have somebody dedicated to nurturing your list. But nobody thinks in those terms. They're looking at past experiencing experiences and trying to evaluate return on investment instead of looking at, okay, this person that you're going to bring on is going to be worth $3 million to you in the next three years. Usually one to three years is a good lifespan for a salesperson in our industry. Um, And so you'll probably need to do this all over again in, in two and a half years. But like you're building a $3 million asset. If you buy three of those people, you've got a $3 million, or you've got a $9 million asset. If you bring on five of those people, you've got a $15 million asset. So I can literally look at, okay, what did you do last year in revenue? And what do you want to do in next revenue next year? And I can pretty much predict this is the size of the sales team that you're going to need. 
in order to hit your goals. I love it. <laughs> wow. So we, we've covered a lot here. Um, I'm curious, just because you've, you've been through the ringer and you've identified that, and I'm giving you the freedom, obviously, to go in any direction here. What is the number one obstacle to closing a sale that you've identified that, that many people out there might not even realize, even if they've been in the sales game for a while? The, really, the only objection that you will ever get hung up on is the objection that you buy into. So whatever objection is stopping you, I, I can almost with 99.9% accuracy point to a block that you have in that particular category. And that's one of the reasons that I love sales is because it is the fastest path to personal development. If you have any gremlins in your closet, you will start, they will start popping out of the woodwork and you are going to have to face them in real time. Uh, I kind of say that sales is demon wrestling. First, you have to wrestle all your own demons and then you go out and you wrestle everybody else's demons for a living. Um, and so if, if you're finding that somebody keeps saying, well, I want to think about it, right? Look internal. Where in your life are you hesitating on making a decision? Where do you, where do you personally believe that more time means better decision making, right? If your excuse is, well, I need to talk to my partner. Okay, where in your life are you looking for permission to take action and make decisions? Hmm. Okay, that's probably where it's showing up. If it's, I just don't have time to do this right now. Where in your life are you feeling busy, overwhelmed, and tight on time? If it's not enough money, which is usually the one that people come to me, it's like, okay, you clearly don't have a great relationship with your money because if you think it, there's, there should be no such thing as I can't afford it, right? If you get the phrase, I can't afford this, what, that, what they're telling you is you have not explained enough value to me, right? So when I'm in an in-person sales training event, I kind of joke, I'm like, I'm going to sell you something right here on this stage. Are you guys ready? All right. So for $20, uh, no, for $10, I'm going to sell you this $20 bill for the first person who runs up and takes it out of my hands. And inevitably, in less than 30 seconds, somebody runs to the front of the room and hands me a $10 bill for a $20 bill. And I'm like, this is why money is never a problem, right? If you can explain how you are giving somebody $2 in exchange for $1, you will never have a problem closing a deal again. It's just, what are the things that got in the way where they don't believe the value that you articulated. So either you didn't peg the value that they really wanted, or you weren't credible in your communication of that. So all of those different things is, uh, the biggest objection is always your own mindset. Where, where are you buying into the block that your prospect is giving you? Wow. And the cool thing about the whole $2 for $1, cause sometimes that's about, you know, money because you might be selling them something that makes the money. And sometimes just like, what's worth it to them, you know? Oh, yeah. mm -hmm. And you know, if, if you said like, you know, well, here's this thing that you'll never have to work out again. This will keep your body in perfect shape. It's only a hundred bucks a month. Yeah. Okay. Like who's <laughs> not like, as long as they have any kind of close that amount of money. dollars per month. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I'm, I'm underselling like by, by a huge margin. I also found it very, um, 
intriguing that you said like, you know, biggest pathway towards personal development is sales. And Mm -hmm. it's funny because when I'm on other podcasts and I'm promoting the last law of attraction book you'll ever need to read. And at first they're always like, how'd you learn about the law of attraction? I'm like, well, I learned about this and mindset and the value of positive thinking and all those personal development pieces by being an entrepreneur and by needing to do sales and by having those challenges, those personal uh, blocks that you're describing come up that I had to find a way to overcome. And that's often a pervasive thing in that industry because they've discovered the importance of positive thinking. So whether it's the law of attraction or just speaking, you know, talking to yourself in a certain way, think and grow rich, whatever it might be. It really is about that. It's about overcoming those limits and obstacles that you've put in your own path. So thank you for, for that reminder about that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, we're, we're almost out of time here, but obviously I want to ask, like, if people want to connect with you or learn more, what are the best, what's the best way or ways for them to do so? Yeah, so you can go to salesmap.me. It's our, our URL, www.salesmap.me. Um, that's probably the easiest way to book a call with us and get a strategy session where we can outline your game plan. Uh, you can also reach out to me on Facebook, Caitlin Kogan Domner, and uh, reach out to me there, friend me, send me a message, and we can hop on a quick chat and see what you've got going on and see how we can support you. I love it. And I'll, I'll put those links in the show notes for shatteredamoldpodcast.com. And, you know, looks like our video is strong, so this will probably end up on YouTube. I'll put in the YouTube description as well. That way wherever people, um, you know, observe or witness this interview, they'll, they'll have those links. And am I mistaken? Is, is MAP an acronym? It was originally, it's like Momentum Accelerator Program. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was something cheesy when we started. Um, but really, it's the way I think about it now is we, we build your sales map. It's like an actual thing that you walk away with. You get a flow chart of your sales process. Um, cool. so you know where you're going. Cool. All right. So, um, oftentimes I ask a version of this question to, to close things out. So I'll throw this at you, you know, obviously you, again, you've seen a lot, you've done a lot, mm-hmm. you've failed and succeeded and failed on your way to success. Mm-hmm. If you can go back in time, five, 10, 20 years, whatever in the past to a younger version of yourself, what business and or life advice might you give her to make the path a little smoother? Hmm. So interesting. Um, I'm increasingly convinced that there is no wrong way to do something. So I think that's probably what I would tell her is just relax a little bit, darling. Like you're, you can't get this wrong. Every point where you think you're making the wrong turn or you think you're falling flat on your face, this is just part of the story that's going to make you stronger and better and more credible (laughs) in the future. Um, And so just enjoy the journey, right? I I think the more successful I become, the more I realize that this mindset work that you do is 99% of the success. Uh, It started at like, I think it's 50%. And then it went up to like 75%. I haven't quite gone on board with it's a hundred percent, but I am really close there. Um, and so really just, if I can get her to just stay in the vortex (laughs) every single day that she's building this company and raising four kids and trying to have a fantastic relationship with her husband, right? It's just trust 
that everything is working out for you. Trust the process is one of our core values at SalesMap. Um, and I really think that that is on every single level. Uh, trust the process uh, and just recognize that you are becoming who you need to become in this crucible we call life. Awesome. Caitlin Domner, you've been wonderful. Thank you so much for, um, well, one, for hopping on this interview so fast, like 24 hours. Um, what a gift. Thank you for sharing these insights. And really, again, for, I kind of, I feel like I'm overselling you, but I don't care because this is really what I had in mind with the idea of Shattered a Mole. This was, mm-hmm. I wanted people to see, you know, a complete methodology, a complete process, a complete business built on doing things in a creative, innovative way that still is in harmony with, with other aspects that they're really used to. So thank you so much for being on the show and uh, sharing your wisdom. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. Thanks so much, Andrew. Thanks again so much, Caitlin. That was amazing. Guys, you definitely want to check out more about what she's got going on by going to salesmap.me. And I'm also going to put up the link to her Facebook profile over at shatteredamoldpodcast.com where this episode resides. And if you're checking this out in video, just go to the YouTube description of this video for all the links that are going to be relevant for you. Speaking of relevant links, again, if you haven't done so already, I highly recommend checking out my book by going to lastlawofattractionbook.com or you can check out my YouTube channel dedicated to the book and to the book's content, which is youtube.com slash Cap. With that said, I've got way more awesome guests on the way soon, so stay tuned and I'll see you again next time. Thank you for listening to Shatter the Mold at www.shatterthemoldpodcast.com. My name is Andrew S. Kaplan. My name is Andrew S. Kaplan, and it's time to shatter the mold.